Hey everyone, welcome back to This is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger, as well as a wife and mother. In this episode, I have a candid chat with Kate. Most of you will know her by her Instagram handle, Walking the Straight Line. And if you aren't familiar with her content, I will be shocked. I highly recommend you hit pause, go to the show notes and click on her account. I don't know how many reels she has done, but I think most would agree she should be crowned the queen of reels. Kate's passion for the sober movement is so inspiring. And after chatting with her, I feel even more excited and empowered to be a part of it. So let's jump in. This is Kate Sober. All right. Hello, Kate. Welcome. Thank you. I thank am you so very much. And thank you for getting up so early. To oh. <laughs> I was up anyway. And actually, this is the first time I've gotten to do a podcast in the morning, and I was really excited about it. I, I've met so many people in different time zones that I have to kind of navigate like when I was doing uh season one with Sarah she's in Australia so she's like 15 hours ahead so she's always like a whole nother day ahead of me and it's just yeah it was really challenging sometimes to coordinate I've got a um I I actually work for companies all over the globe and I have to have meetings at really weird hours as well um you know and they're kind of like it's very dark in there and I'm like it's two o'clock in the morning Oh, I'm so sorry. I might be, you know, I live in England, you know, but, but it's, it's the way things are now. And actually naps have been my savior, especially in sobriety. You know, I didn't, I never used to be able to have a nap. A, I had a job, so it would look weird falling asleep on my desk. But (laughs) once I had kids and I went freelance, you know, you're so tired when you've got young children that you sleep when you can. And and since I've um, stopped drinking, I've rediscovered naps and it's just incredible. I will fall fast asleep within five minutes for an hour in the middle of the day. Um, and it just means I can get up and sometimes I wake up at three and I'll just come down here and and create a reel or write something or whatever. And it's I'm loving it, actually. It feels like I'm in control of, of time rather than being dictated by what time it is to drink and then falling asleep or blacking out and having to wake up when the alarm goes off. So, yeah, I know that all too well. I was just thinking about, um, actually this morning, right before I came on with you, being able to, to be alert and in a clear mind at eight 30 in the morning is very new for me because, I would get up in the morning and just get done what I needed to get, get my daughter out the door to school. Like I couldn't wait for her to go to school so I could come home and crawl back into bed and sleep off my hangover. And I've, you know, just to think about opportunities like this or just the time in the morning that is just so it's, I just cherish it now because it's so quiet and I, I have some time to myself to reflect and, and I miss out on that. I think it's it's my new favorite time of the day because mm-hmm. it's it's almost an I haven't discovered it. I mean, I started drinking when I was a teenager and I I'm in my 40s now. So I haven't really had like a proper sober adulthood at all. Um and I was I was good because I used to drink every night after work. I'd go out and I was never late. I was someone who always prided myself on on being one of the first people to work. But you know, it was a struggle. And actually, what was the quality of my work like, to be honest, I could have been doing so much more, but I never really enjoyed the mornings. It was always like, I will not be late, I will get up, I've got to go here. Whereas now I get up and I just, I can breathe, I'm focused, I feel healthy, I've got energy, I've got all these new ideas, and, and I love it. And it's so quiet, because no one else is up. And if you go to the park or something, when it's six o'clock in the morning, it's like an undiscovered paradise because everything looks different the world is waking up and I never thought I would say words like this I read them and just thought whatever right rather be in bed you know after a good night but that's just rubbish isn't it it is just the nicest time of the day and then just going to bed when you're tired when your body said it's it's time to go to sleep I mean it's these things are so simple (laughs) 
But when you've been such a heavy drinker, you don't appreciate things like that, do Mm -hmm. you? You just go, you go through the day waiting for the evening when you can stop doing the the chores that you have to do. You know, if you don't have a a paid job where you have to go and work certain hours, you're always busy at home. And, And I think for me, I was always overcompensating for the fact that I was hungover. Um, so I did loads of stuff to prove that I wasn't. Um, so I would kind of deep clean a room just because I was kind of like, we well, see I am capable of doing things. I'm not this loser, but actually it's exhausting. And it's kind of, it's just nice to go, right, I've got all the time. I, I don't have to worry about my moods or my tiredness or anything like that. I can just factor things in. And it is unique for someone who's, I mean, how long were you were you drinking sort of too much for then? Were you? Oh gosh. I mean, like you, I started drinking when I was 14. And yeah. I mean, obviously when you're that young, it's, it's not a binge. I was a binge drinker. I mean, I would yeah. drink too numb and blackout like that was, but it didn't obviously start that way. Um, but I would say the binge drinking started mid twenties and I'm 42. So yeah. yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I remember having this, epith- like this, like where of uh, wherewithal I was um, driving and I realized this is when I was like newly sober. And I realized how much time I just opened up for myself because my anxiety by that time was pretty much gone. So I yeah. wasn't spending time taming that I wasn't spending time like okay, I need to get all this stuff done. Like you said, I would have all this stuff I would front load my day with so that I could have my evening dedicated to drinking. And it's such a waste of time now that I look at it. I'm like, no wonder I felt like I wasn't living life and I wanted more because I just was trapped in this prison with alcohol. It's really boring as well, isn't it? Because if you think about it, you're, you're, recovering I mean I always used to say I don't get hangovers and actually that's not a good thing because it just means I drank so much and I did and I was drinking every day you know I probably had a day off every two months when I thought no I won't have a drink just to prove that I don't have to but of course it affects you and then you know you start thinking if if I was sort of by four five o'clock I'd be thinking well what are we having for dinner what are we doing tonight have we got wine in the house you know and it's it takes up so much of your brain and your time and and it's not fair and it's things like holidays I went I've been on two holidays sober now and it was just such a different experience because you've actually just got all this free time in a different place that you can fill however you want to but you don't have to factor in what will the kids be doing while I can be sitting and having a drink I won't want to have to drive I need to be able to walk I need and once you take that away it's like, it's like, that's what a holiday should be like. Just like we were saying, that's what life should be like. And it's learning to do that because I drank since I was 14 and, and every weekend initially was spent going out with friends. Um, you know, and I used to get blackouts even back then when I couldn't remember, which is really scary. If you think about the amount of times that I've just not been able to remember um, you know, you can sort of remember for me, I can sort of remember if something bad had happened, like an argument or something. I couldn't remember all the details of it, but I have woken up and thought, where am I? You know, I've woken up in people's bathtubs before um, and I, they're like, oh, you just blacked out. No one could move you. So we just left you. But everyone went home. It's the morning and you've got to get up now because I've got to go to work. And it's just it's mortifying. Um but just knowing that you've got a whole day to plan, a holiday to plan, a weekend to plan, or, you know, it, it's it's how life should be. But I'm not very skilled at doing that because I've never done it. So I'm learning all of these things. And that's where I think the boredom that everyone talks about comes into it. But that just highlights to me the amount of time we wasted sitting, drinking poison. It's terrifying it's terrifying that that was a hobby a pastime drinking alcohol that's not a thing is it that's not doing anything I used to say that was um drinking was the activity everything Mm. else was just the reason to do it I did so many things that I really didn't enjoy doing 
but because alcohol was there, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I'm not a big football fan. I had a lot of people around me that love football. And so we would get together. I didn't watch any of the football. I got together because I knew we were going to drink all day. Like we were going to have a bender all day long of drinking and watching college football games. And I haven't done that yet this fall. Like I have no interest. And those situations were good because everyone would be drinking. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't one of those things where you think I really, you know, I can feel that I want to drink two bottles of wine tonight or whatever. Those things, everyone's on it. So you kind of just, no one notices. And, you know, I wasn't so much of a secret drinker, but I know that I used to drink much quicker than everyone else. I mean, I drank really quickly. I was always, when we went out and shared a bottle of wine, it would all, I would always finish it and go get another one. Um, But, you know, I I remember being in busy places. It wasn't, the focus wasn't on, look at Kate's glass. It's much, she's drunk it all. And I've only had three sips. And I'd be going, how can you sit there for half an hour and have three sips? It's, you know, you're the problem, not me. Which again, so many things, when you look back on it, were wrong. Red flags, massive red flags. But because it was acceptable and no one ever said to me, Kate, you drink too much. No one has ever said that. and that just that's that's society that's the problem that I'm struggling with and that I'm really angry with is that it's it's so normal that even when you drink 10 bottles of wine a week like I was just being at home yeah people don't think there's anything wrong with that in fact they think you're fun and they they invite you out more because they're like oh you'll always have a laugh with Kate and it doesn't matter she'll always be up for a drink and you know that has to change I don't know how it will but that does that's dangerous, like really dangerous, not just because of what alcohol does to you physically and mentally, but the accidents that you can have. I mean, I've I've fallen through shower doors and I've been hit by cars and mm. fallen over so many times. Um, I've, bro- I've cut my hand has gone through a door. I say that like I had nothing to do with it. My hand went through a door. I obviously pushed, I was attached to my hand. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still doing it, aren't I? I'm, it's not my fault. Um, but it's it, accidents are awful. And, you know, there's loads of accidents where I live. There's a very fast flowing river that goes through the middle of the town. And every year, at least one person drowns on their way back from the pub because they're drunk and they yeah. lose their footing. And then they just can't, the cold, they can't swim and they're discombobulated, whatever. They can't manage. And it's, it's awful. It's, I don't know the statistics, but it's that's that's more scary. And the accidents people cause by drink driving, yeah. you know, there's there's just so many things that are terrifying about drinking. And like um, you were saying, you know, it's it's such an enabled thing. Like you're saying, everyone loved for you to be drinking around them. Do you feel like since you've got sober, there are people who didn't think you had a drinking problem or maybe don't understand why you're sober or were there people that were like, Oh, thank God, Kate. Like I wanted to tell you, I think you were drinking too much. Like what direction did that go into when you started telling people you were done drinking? Nobody said, thank goodness you've stopped. Nobody. People said, well done. That's incredible. Um, and I have been lucky and people have been really supportive, but um my friends I think were mourning their drinking uh buddy I mean there are there are the friends that really were just drinking friends who you don't really have much in common with um and I think we're all guilty of that you know whenever I moved house and I've moved a lot um I'd always seem to find the people in the area who were the big drinkers and and my husband would always kind of go how do you attract these people um and it's like well now I know it's because I wanted someone who I could drink with who I knew would always be up for a drink even if it was a Tuesday evening and you know there was no reason to have a drink and and those kind of people whatever it doesn't matter I'm not worried about it but I have you know I've walked past the pub and seen friends there and I thought they would have invited me but they they don't want to because I'm not drinking and but that's that's them trying to work it out as well I've learned not to be offended by that um mm-hmm. and also I'm such a loud mouth that I would just call up and go I've seen you at the pub thanks for the invite 
I do still have a life and I can drink non-alcoholic stuff. So next time invite me and they'll go, oh, God, so sorry. You know, I, I face things head on because I otherwise it turns into something so much bigger than it needs to be. Right. But no, people were just surprised because alcohol has been such a huge part of my life. And um, I'm always known to have a drink in my hand. So people were kind of like, why, why have you stopped? Um, because I wasn't a day drinker. I didn't, my kids were always clean and they were always at school on time. I've got a good job as a writer. I, I never miss a deadline. Um, I didn't look awful. I didn't look great. Now that I have not had a drink for over 300 days, I can see how bad I did look, but I didn't right. look dangerously ill. Yeah. So, so people just didn't get it and they didn't really want to be told that the amount I drank wasn't okay because then they'd have to look at the amount they're drinking. So it's a really tricky one. And I feel mm-hmm. sorry for people who only have friends who are heavy drinkers who then feel completely isolated because I hear a lot of people who, who end up in that situation and that's very lonely and very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been all right, but I haven't gone out that much. I have to be honest this year. I have not been that social. I've been much more sociable on on Instagram and talking to people, other sober people. And that's, I've much, that's been my choice. I've enjoyed it more and I've needed to be around people and hearing people and watching, listening to podcasts, watching live chats because I've needed that accountability and I ne- needed to immerse myself in it so that I can feel part of it. Don't forget, this is what you're doing. Don't yeah. go back, you know. Well, because you you become what you consume. Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that's exactly why I started a sober Instagram account. I wasn't really into social media before that. It's just, it was just a toxic place for me. But I did start a sober Instagram because I'm exactly what you described. I have like one friend who's a normal drinker. I mean, she drinks, but she, and she can come hang out with me and not drink. It doesn't bother her, but everyone else, they can't do it. They're, they're drinking the way I was drinking. And it is hard because you almost are holding a mirror to them when you quit. If you say drinking was a problem for you. They take that very personally. Well, if you think it's a problem for you, then you obviously think it's a problem for me. You don't even have to say it. That's the reaction that I feel that I get, but you must have to apologize and say, it's fine. Yeah. You want to carry on drinking. Yeah. It's like they want to defend their drinking and like talk about, well, I just drink like this on the weekends. You know, I've got control of it. Great. Like if you don't ask, I didn't ask you that. Yeah, great. Good it's for so you. Funny, isn't it? Everyone yeah. says that when you say you don't drink. It, I mean, like I can bet money on it, and people go, "Oh, well, I only." And it's like, here we go. <laughs> and it's it's so funny because it's not, you know, it's like I I don't smoke or whatever. People aren't going to suddenly go, "Well, I did have a cigarette three years. Nothing yeah. else gets that kind of reaction. But no. people, it's defensiveness immediately having to defend it, and then you ask. If you don't have a problem, you wouldn't have to say that, surely. I mean, maybe that's me being really judgmental, but that's just, it's just an observation. Um, I think it's a fair one. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, why? Because if someone hasn't asked you and you're suddenly telling them how much you drink, um, or or they want us to say, oh, that's nothing. Don't worry. I was drinking 20 times that much. And they're fine. Thank you. But I'm not going to do that either. And, if people ask me, and actually, I think we're probably, you know, I don't know how you looked a year ago, but there is a massive difference in the way I look. I me lost too. a stone in weight. All the puffiness is gone. The redness. I look so much better, like 10 years younger, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone has commented on it. And that's what starts the conversation about alcohol is people just say, you look incredible. And then I, and what have you done? And it's, then I say, I've stopped drinking. And then they go, I need to do that. Or I should do that or, and it's, but it's the best advert for sobriety is doing it and and just being happier and healthier and people seeing that because I've got now, I think five or six of my friends have tried or are in the process of being, um, have given up alcohol 
because they said I've been needing it. And if you can do it, you, <laughs> right. then I can. And it's true. And they have. And it's just incredible. It is true. And I think focusing on yourself, this is something actually I had to learn in therapy because at the beginning, I remember it was around four or five months. I started to get really upset with everyone around me because I finally came to terms with what alcohol really was, which is a poison. And what it was like, I, I dove into all of it. I wanted to know exactly what it was doing to my body. Like all the things I didn't want to know about it before when I was protecting it. Like, and yeah. once you know that you can't unknow it. And I would just watch these people around me because at the beginning I was like, oh, I can still hang out with everyone. I'm just not going to drink, but I would watch them. And inside I would just be furiated because I'm yeah. like, what are you doing to yourself? So that's when therapy started because I yeah. didn't like having these horrible thoughts and it just would weigh on me. And yeah, it's interesting he- you thought that you got and you were upset at what it was doing to them. I mean, that's actually a really healthy way to see it. I thought you were going to say, I looked at them and I was jealous. No. The fact that you knew it and you understood it and then you thought, oh, please don't do it. I mean, that's incredible because you can't have been that sober for that long when you were. Yeah, it was that. about four or five months. And yeah. I just, I was just like, but I didn't want to be that person that was like, stop drinking. You shouldn't be drinking. Like I didn't want them to not be around me because that's all I would talk about. Now here I am almost 10 months sober and my tune has changed. Now I will speak up and I don't care because it is bad for them, but I had to go to therapy about it. And he just said, you have to quit worrying about everyone else. Cause it will yeah. never end. You will always meet someone who, Absolutely. yeah. And he's like, focus on yourself because if you show them the way and you are an example you will change yeah. someone's life and you yeah. will feel good about it. And I think like what you were saying, you've just had like five, five friends that have, you know, dabbled in sobriety. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. And I, I feel like I have inspired my husband. He's, I mean, he has cut way back. Um, I just, and I never thought I would have, like, I never thought that with him. I mean, I love him to death, but I just, yeah. I was like, well, this is how it's going to be. You know, we're going to have to kind of maybe li- live separate lives on the weekends because I am not going to go do that. Well, it's funny, you know, that's a really good conversation because it's a really tricky one because my husband drinks a lot and, I, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons we got together. Yes. Um, and, you know, we get on very well. We're best friends. We are, mm-hmm. you know, we're quite lucky. We met quite late on. Well, we didn't. We went to school together, but then we bumped into each other and got together. And I got pregnant really quickly, um, like not the next day, just to be clear about that. <laughs> I got, you know, quite quickly. So by the time we'd had two children, we still didn't know everything about each other. We were still having conversations. Oh, have you ever been to Africa or have you yes. done this? So it sort of kept it quite fresh because we'd just gone right in there. But he he started drinking quite heavily when I quit, which I found really odd. Um, and he did that for about six months. And I said to him that it wasn't an ultimatum. I was just saying, this is how I feel. And I don't want to just pack up one day and leave. So I'm telling you now, I cannot be married to someone who drinks this much anymore because I'm changing and I'm not telling you what to do because it's not up to me, but I'm telling you, I find it disgusting I find the smell disgusting and I don't want to spend every evening sitting in a house with someone who's just drinking I find it really boring now so I don't know how we're going to deal with that but that's how I'm feeling and I I sort of said it like that and he went I get you totally and I can see from watching you that it's definitely the right way forward but he still drinks sometimes but he Mm -hmm. has cut back to kind of like four or five beers a week instead of a bottle of wine a night and he's doing a month off completely with a friend at the moment and I never thought that would happen but it has made it so much nicer between us and and we have stuff to talk about you know every time we take the dog out for a walk when the kids aren't there we always talk about alcohol and it's just become one of those things because with the kids don't want to hear about it and I don't necessarily want to talk about it but it's just like and this and that and we discuss it and the differences and the future and it's 
it must be very hard to be with someone who you, when one of you stops and the other says no way I don't see how that could work it must work there must be people out there who do yeah. it and it's really interesting to see how that that dynamic does manage how it stays it would be stopped. interesting and it's so crazy so crazy because I had that same like conversation with my husband Did you? Um, I swear and it yeah. was I just told him, I said, you know, I, once again, like I knew I couldn't tell him don't drink or I can't be with you, but I had to, you know, speak up for myself and what I needed. And yeah, I had the same basic conversation and he, that's when it changed for him. And he probably for the most part, he doesn't drink at all. But since that conversation, he's maybe had, he had like one work event and it's really yeah. hard. He's in construction and it's just the culture and it's every, it's every career. It's every sector yeah, because every work says, event. well, I'm in media or I'm in, or I'm a guy and I play football or I'm, mm-hmm. it's funny because we all think the sector we're in is a bad drinking one, but it's every single sector. It's, it is. Every it's dog, creeped in everywhere. There isn't one, maybe, maybe yoga or, or some sort of well-being <laughs> where people don't sure. generally drink a lot. But apart from that, I, I mean, even like chefs or whatever, everyone says, oh yeah, well, where, where I work, it's a really big thing. And, and it, that's the truth. It's everywhere. It's just instilled. Um, right. And yeah. yeah, so he, it was so funny. He went to that event. And he was really, he's really proud of where he's at because it is drastically different than where he was. Cause he drank heavy. Like I did probably more, he's a bigger guy than I am. So he would always drink obviously more, but he went to this event and he called me at one point, he was walking out to his truck. He was taking his beer can out to the truck. He had bottled waters in the truck and he would refill it with water because that's where he's at still. Like he's still not confident enough to say, yeah. I don't drink. He just, he's not it's there. I know how that is. And I, I had a hard time in the beginning. Like I would make fake yeah. cocktails all the time and yeah. say, Oh, yeah, there's yeah, vodka yeah. in it because I, yeah. you're just not ready. You don't believe, I think there's a part of you that doesn't believe it yourself. And so you don't want to like put it out there and then fail and then have yeah. everyone be like, yeah. I knew you wouldn't be able to do it. It's like, yeah. I had to be so confident in my sobriety before I just was like, yeah. oh, I don't drink. And I think Absolutely. he's working. And I didn't want people to pressure me into drinking because I knew I was still right. really weak. And it's like, if you say yeah. to me, oh, come on, have one, I might say yes. So I didn't, mm-hmm. I just tried, I same with you, I'd get to a pub. I remember getting to a meeting early and ordering an alcohol-free beer just so I had it. And people assumed it was a beer. And then when people asked me if I wanted another one, I just said no. And they were like, oh, that's weird. You normally, we normally do a few rounds during these mm-hmm. meetings. And but I just thought, well, I don't want to say give me an alcohol free because I don't want you to know that's what this is. But you have to do, I mean, let's be honest, we've been sneaky all our lives about drinking. Right. You know, I've remembered drinking, oh, can I finish this bottle and open another one? And it will look like I've just opened that one. <laughs> I mean, this is not a regular occurrence, but I did do things like that. Yeah. Um, and so so lying for the sake of doing something good and, and protecting yourself until you're ready is fine. And it's just such a shame that he had to do that. But I'm really impressed that he did. I mean, that is so cool. That really is that he went and yeah. did that. Yeah, and I was you and told you. He was I know, I know. I was so I proud like of him. him. Yeah, I was so proud like of him. him. And yeah, I mean, there was another. There was an event this weekend that this this is crazy, Kate. We did this event for twelve years. Every year, it's called Scare Away Cancer, and I mean the it's this awesome benefit costume party, beautiful decorations, yeah. but open bar all night, and. Now that I know, I mean, back then I wasn't connecting the dots with cancer mm-hmm. and alcohol because no one does, especially when you're a big drinker. That's the last thing you even want to look yeah. into. Yeah. And now I just told Blake, I was like, it's just not in alignment. I mean, I just don't feel good about going to this watching. I mean, last year I won like three bottles of wine in the drawing, but we're there for cancer. It just, 
That's how well, it's like this. It's it's like the cancer runs that people do, and you see all these people in pink and doing yeah. the runs, and then they all have champagne at the end, and you're like, yeah. do you know? And beer sponsors are the ones who sponsor it, and they're on the t-shirt and guilt. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not right. I mean, I, hopefully, hopefully, every time someone like every time you create a podcast and one person hears it, every time you know, all these wonderful people in this community, every post, you know, it's going to make a difference. I mean, I'm the same with you as social media. I, I, I quit my Facebook account years yeah. ago and I, I didn't really use Instagram. I set it up when I was a couple of months in and I'd never made a reel or anything. And I thought, well, I'm just going to start. And I, I love it because it's a really creative way for me to express myself. But initially I didn't put a photo and then I thought, do you know what? I'm not embarrassed about this. And I'm not embarrassed. You know, if I can tell people that I've been hit by a car or that I drink was drinking 10 bottles of wine a week and it helps someone else, I have to say, I have to overcome that embarrassment. And now I'm, it's, it's no problem at all. I will tell anyone who wants to listen because people do then say, thank you so much. You know, you've really inspired me to do it. And you just think, well, that, is worth it every time and um, because society everywhere in society is saying the opposite everywhere else is saying you're not cool if you don't drink or why aren't you drinking so the fact that we can start in our tiny little voices compared to the other people that are screaming about how good it is and how fun it is it's building momentum isn't it we're, we're I really think so starting something I really think so and I mean let's talk about your Instagram because it's amazing how many well, real you. you know you're the second person who said that to it me it is so fun it like, is... it's, it's just me I mean I my brain is constantly going and I, and I was I was just talking yesterday to someone I did a live with with someone last night and I was saying I read someone said well try and post one or two reels a week I was like I must do three or four a day you do um and I thought People must be so sick of me. But when I think of something, and you can tell because my hair will be here or I have a bit of food in my face. So I think of something and then I just quickly do it. Because quite frankly, every song, every voiceover, every topic you can throw at me, I will respond with something to do with alcohol within a second. And that's why I find it easy because it's, Everything I can relate, everything in my life for the last 20 years has been done around alcohol. So it's for me, I just find it amusing. But to say that I say that you like it, really, thank you, because it, I did it for myself. I love, really. I love um, them. How many do you think you've done? Oh, God, I have no idea. I mean, I've only had it for eight months, but yeah. I do a couple of reels a day, probably. Yeah, you do. Um, and then I'll have like a, a thought about or, or do something that's quite serious. So I, I try and mix it up and it's how I'm feeling, basically. So I don't really know how people take that because they probably think, you know, A, oh, here she is again. But also, oh, that's not funny or whatever. But it's just my journey. And, and yeah, I just flick the camera on and do something and post it. And then I get on with my job. So but I think that's the best part of it is that I think that's the secret to your sauce right there. You, you just hop on it as soon as you're having that feeling or that emotion yeah. and it's so raw and that's, what's relatable because there's been so many times I, when I get on in the morning, you, obviously you're already well into your day and you've already done a few. So they're waiting for me. And a lot of times it's exactly how I'm feeling, or I just experienced it like within the last week, mm -hmm. what you were feeling. And it's so comforting. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we're all on there, right. To like yeah. find that common ground and to know that we're not alone because yeah, I, I do feel alone a lot in this. Yeah. And so people like you just make me feel so much better that I'm not mm -hmm. just alone in these thoughts and feelings so keep and we're going. also at the same part of our journey so our thought yeah. process is probably we have gone through the same source of emotions at the same yes. time because that's just what you would expect 
because we gave up within a week of each other. So mm-hmm. you know, that that made sense to me. But, you know, I'll keep going until people sort of start saying, oh, for goodness sake. And I have had people who have unfollowed me <clears throat> and then told me that I'm too positive. Um, and I've just gone, well, that's fine. And, and obviously you're in a different place and you don't want you. Maybe you feel like that's not what it's like, whatever. And I get that. I'm not for everyone. Um, but I am a happy person and I like to laugh and I like to smile. And I think it, you know, I, I will keep doing it and I will keep comparing and, and reminiscing about the ridiculousness of being drunk because it's it is, it's mm-hmm. it's so silly, and I cannot believe I'm alive and that I've managed to hold down a family and a job, but I have, and um, you know. And all I can do is go back and, and I can't block out the last, my whole adult life. I can't just sort of say, I don't ever want to talk about it. I don't want to discuss it. It's mortifying. It's over. It's like, come on, lots of it was fun. Yeah. Um, it, it The balance just tipped massively and it became, to it got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. But it is, some of it is funny and it's worth looking back and, and just going, God, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? And, and smiling about it rather than going, Oh, I don't, I don't want to talk. That's just not me. Yeah. You know, I've got no filter really. So I, I will keep doing these things. I'm sure one day I'll do something and everyone will go, Hey, that's too far, too much. But until that day, I'll keep going. Until then, we're here <laughs> for it. I just, yeah, if that's the worst reason someone quit following you is because you were too positive then yeah that's that's no reason yeah I didn't know how to respond to that I have to say I was a bit kind of like okay yeah I don't want to say sorry because I'm not no I understand what you mean and I think and they were really polite they weren't rude about saying it um I think they were just in a very dark place and they found it annoying because that's not what they that's not what they needed at the time it wasn't their experience so they exactly. weren't relating. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the good thing about Instagram is you can find the people oh, like yeah. you and me and we found each other and we're we're similar and that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And you you can make genuine friends. I mean, it's annoying that people live so far away because there's so many people. I'd love to have come over and had a coffee with you. I know. And but you can't because it's like, gosh, you know, we're setting our alarms because we're in completely different time zones. Yeah. And that is frustrating because there's there's a good 20 people that I would love to just be able to see on a regular basis. But you know, this is this has to that this is okay as second best. Yeah. And, and we have meetups and things throughout the year that I'm gonna start doing more because. I haven't, I've met a few people, but I haven't done much or when it comes to meeting locals who don't drink. Have you met people local to you? I have not. And I'm so, I'm honestly very introverted. And so I'm, it's hard for me to put myself out there like that. Um, Well, you can always buy a plane ticket and come over here. I know. You can shelter in my in my den. You know, we it's can come crazy in here and how <laughs> I feel like the universe is trying to tell me something because everyone I'm connecting with lives outside of the United States. And mm. I can tell you I'm 42 years old and I have never connected with someone outside of the United States in my yeah. entire life. And it's well, the United States is, is pretty huge. I mean, the distance I used to live in New York and the distance between where I am now in New York is the same distance as New York and California so yes but also it's massive you know I don't know if you know but I'm American actually I my parents are from Kentucky and New York and oh my god yeah my family all live over there and my grandparents lived in Hawaii until they died so my grandfather was a Pearl Harbor survivor so he they lived over there and I we used to go on holiday to Hawaii at the envy of everyone I knew because I'd go for two months in the summer Mm. because it's so far um and I'd come back you know like after being on the beach for two months just kind of looking completely different Uh um but I know the states really well I've been to most of the states um I've traveled across it on my own on Amtrak for a couple of months drinking as I went (laughs) I used to live in New York um so I I do know it 
quite well. Um, but I'm I'm quite happy in England. Um, yeah. Although we've had three prime ministers in two months, so yeah, the, the world is is a strange place, isn't it? Um, which is even more reason to navigate it sober because it could yeah. be quite scary. Um, yeah. And actually, do you know what? That's something I wasn't expecting. Is that you know you think when you stop drinking you'll literally just stop drinking and the hangovers and, and whatever, and you might lose a bit of weight, but it, it isn't, it's everything. Like even when I read the news and it, it used to really scare me and I would get really nervous about, Oh gosh, you know, my kids are going to get stabbed or I, I'm going to get cancer or this is going to happen. I, I, the fear would build up and build up. Even that is so much more tame mm-hmm. now because I, everything I, I can look at it with a more logical head and go this it's on the news because it's out of the ordinary they don't talk about everything that's just normal that's going on and and I can really step back and manage my emotions and you know I'm someone who really believes that all emotions are important um, and they're all there for a reason and they're all there to protect you and they're warning signs and actually to say I never want to be sad or angry or scared is is ridiculous because you're you feel those things to protect you. So I like feeling feelings, but actually alcohol makes the, the ones that you don't necessarily think are the better ones. It, they make them so much worse unnecessarily. And that has completely gone. And now when I do feel nervous or scared, I can see the reason why, because it's not because of alcohol and this drug that's been in my system that's, that's tricking me right. it's a genuine feeling and I find that really exciting because I'm learning about myself mm-hmm. and and I can go oh a bit of self-analysis you know why am I thinking that maybe that's not a good thing and actually no every time I see that person I feel like that so and that that's a really exciting part of being sober that I never imagined would have anything to do with it um it's just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? It's it is. On that note, I um when I was on my two well, my two hundredth day, I got a tattoo on my mm. arm that says feel it all. Oh because again. of exactly. because of that, because it was okay. one of the things that I realized one of the major things that pushed me to get sober was my anxiety. My anxiety was so bad. I almost just didn't even want to leave the house anymore. And, um, I finally connected the dots back to alcohol, kind of noticed it was worse after I would drink heavy. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that I, it wasn't probably a good idea to drink all the time, but it was the only thing that kept me from being anxious. So I was like, I connected the dots, Googled it, whatever. Um, but yeah, so what I know about anxiety is anxiety can come about from suppressing emotions and then your body has to release them. And then you've got alcohol on top of it that just, when you're coming down from it, you get a boost of adrenaline. And so that added to it. And so that has been my, like my little post-it note on my arm. Anytime something comes up, I have to make myself feel it because once, I mean, even with alcohol, yeah, you got rid of the pain, but you also got rid of the joy. You have to have both to feel both. And, you know, it does go through the body a lot quicker when you sit with it and yeah, identify it and, and, and just work through it. It's actually, like you said, it's beautiful. I mean, we're human. It's part of yeah. being human. We can't get away. We can't get around it. Like we all are going to have to feel hard things. Like it just is part yeah. of life. But actually they're always there anyway and and people who drink you know I drank because I needed to silence my brain I I didn't drink because I it gave me confidence I've always been a confident person I didn't drink because I felt like I had anxiety although I think now I've stopped as I said I'm noticing Mm -hmm. gosh I'm so much more comfortable and and everything but I drank because I wanted to get drunk I loved the feeling I loved the kind of numbness but I didn't like all the other bits, but, you know, and, and actually all those feelings that I didn't want to feel, I think I'll drink. And what did I think? They're going away. Of course they're not. They're festering and they're getting in there with all the other negative feelings that I hid away on Monday or last Wednesday or 
month ago and they're all in there and then they're getting more and more overwhelming so you drink more and more and you think and I really won't have to deal with any of them and it's you can see how people get into that vicious circle of not being able to face it and you know I have friends who have had real trauma I mean I I feel like I have been quite lucky and that nothing really awful has happened to me yeah. although when I was talking to Dave he went well we've been chatting and there's a few things in there that I would say they are quite traumatic and I'm like <laughs> oh yeah but you know and then they think well I'll have to face it and it's like you don't realize you're already facing it you're battling it every day yeah and it's more it's worse so actually when you stop you know and I am not a therapist and, and I don't know any I don't understand any of that all I can do is say what I've experienced and I've never met anyone who has said oh since I gave up drinking and had to face up to my feelings it's been awful I wish I was drinking again no one's ever said that so we've got to listen don't we we've got to learn from that and and say well the liveliness is then that it, it is better because you can't hide things, you know, under a blanket. You can see that blanket moving. You know they're there. And you, it's just unrealistic to think you can just push it in a cupboard because you know there's a cupboard. You know what's in there. You know what's right. under the blanket. It's like, who are we fooling? We're trying to fool ourselves. Yeah. And we all know you can't fool yourself. No. You know, so. I know. I, I try to embrace the feelings. And, and I've been, you know, I've had one really bad spell since I gave up where I was about a week and I just didn't want to get out of bed. And for me, that's never happened. But I just said, guys, I need to sleep. I just need to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what this is about, but I need to just listen to my body because mm-hmm. it's it's got me through a lot and I need to respect it now. Yep. And I got through it and I felt so much better and it hasn't happened again. But you know, as we were saying, everything's there for a reason and you'll be feeling it for a reason. So listen to it because that's that's what your body deserves, that respect. It and, and it's trying to tell you something. So don't numb it out. Try and listen to what it's saying and try and find a solution. Yeah, it knows best. And there's so many things because I did start drinking so young. And so it is what I used from mm-hmm. teenage years to just anything that I didn't want to feel or face, I just would drown out. And so I feel like even there's times an emotion will come up and it's so old that my brain has forgotten maybe what happened, but my body was still holding on to it. And there was times where I would just close myself in a room and just let myself cry for no, like literally no reason other than I had this overwhelming emotion coming out of me and I couldn't even tell you why, but I knew my body needed to release it. And it's, I've done that as well. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's, amazing though. And I just like proper shaking, sobbing. And if someone said what, if someone had said what's wrong, I I wouldn't have been able to explain it, but actually it, it, it felt better to get it out and something in there needed me to feel that emotion and experience it. And it's, you know, you don't have to depict everything and and go through everything if you don't want to, but, but the point is, you know, it's all genuine, you know, it's all real feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And before, and when you drink, it isn't. And then it makes it so much worse, doesn't it? For people who get anxiety, it's so much worse in the morning, you know, awful. It's, it's, I mean, I just wish everyone would give it a go. And, you know, you think, well, if you wouldn't struggle to not drink, do it. Because what's the harm? And if you would struggle, even more reason to do it. Because that means you probably need to. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that. And if anyone had said that to me, I wouldn't have listened to them. But it was only, for me, it was only because I told myself to stop drinking. I filmed myself really drunk on the night of the 20th begging myself not to keep to stop Mm. doing this to me and it's only because I did that and it was me and I couldn't ignore it that I actually did stop I mean I don't know how long you know you've got to find what it is that gets that fire in your belly because you need that to stop it's not easy but if you can find that and and the community on here and things like your podcast will really help listening to other people you can think no, this is, they can't all be wrong. I want to be part of this. I need to do this. And I think that's, you need that drive. And once you've got it, go and jump in 
because you won't ever regret it, will you? No, I've said that to several people. I'm like, okay, you guys know me. <laughs> if, yeah. this, if this was not working and if it wasn't great, I wouldn't be doing it this long. I would have already went back to drinking if this yeah. wasn't yeah. ideal and working in my life doesn't suck. I mean, people just think they're going to lose so much. I know because that's what I thought. I thought the people that I would meet in sobriety were, you don't think about, I guess, the people you're going to meet in sobriety are most likely the people just like you. You sometimes think you're just going to meet people that have never drank. And so they're boring. I don't know. I guess that's was my thought process before I jumped into it. It's the complete opposite. It's everyone like you. who's just as fun as you were that just don't want to have alcohol to be fun anymore. Like don't need it. They're the coolest people. And actually people people who have gone through a lot and who have turned to drugs or alcohol Mm -hmm. and gone through them. I I have never met such an interesting and compassionate and uh, kind group of people. They are so unique. Um, And I've said it before, but the, the, I don't know how many different communities there are on places like Instagram. Yeah. But I think the sober community, people leave us alone because you cannot be rude and mock people who have gone through something like that and have quit. And even people who love nasty comments, they go, I can't even bring myself to do it because they're doing something good. So the community is like a really safe, lovely place, isn't it? Because People just leave you alone. There's none of that negative jealousy. Everyone wants everyone else to succeed. Like Mm -hmm. genuinely get upset if someone falls off the wagon. You don't get that in anything else. And it's just incredible. And it's, I mean, I could really do without ever speaking to any real people anymore. And I could just have (laughs) everyone I've met on Instagram and just have live chats all day. But that that would be another reason to sort of go to therapy, I think, if that happens. <laughs> but it's it's true. They're wonderful and they are so fascinating. And you just have to look at the number of actors and famous actors and actresses and people and, and musicians and artists who have given up booze. Some of the most creative people there are out there. And I was going to say, yeah. I feel like a lot of us are so creative. And honestly... I have found that in myself again. I've actually become the girl I was before I started drinking at 14. So like all the things I was interested in as a young girl are coming back to me just in like a different way, obviously, because now I'm 42, but isn't that crazy to think? And I know, and I was able to pinpoint it. I used to get made fun of for these things about myself which is why I started drinking because I started drinking so that I could like be who everyone else needed me to be. I drank because it was cool. I drank because then I could have the courage to put on a different face and drown out that person. And now I'm her again. And it's, she's creative. She likes to write. She likes to act. She likes to you know, there's just all these things. So that's what I love about doing reels or being on Instagram and doing the podcast. And like my favorite part, I love this part of the podcast, but then my favorite part is when I get to go back and edit all this and like, it's just like, it's wild, but I drowned all that out for all them years. And she's just like, was in there just so lonely and, and screaming, like, let me out, you know? so sad isn't it and you look back and I think I put something on yesterday where I put pictures of me at 13 and I said I'm coming back for you because I thought I am I'm going to come back and read and remember the things that we wanted back then and I'm going to I've just said to my husband for Christmas I want dance lessons because I cannot dance I'm rubbish people go are you okay if I try and dance because they think I'm having some sort of seizure because I'm (laughs) And I'm, I'm not joking. People have said that and they weren't joking. They weren't being unkind. I'm awful. I can play the piano, a bit of the guitar. I'm all right car dancing. But as soon as I try and connect, I'm five foot 11. As soon as I try and connect my feet and my shoulder, it, it's all wrong. And I know I must be able to do it. So I said, right, that's it. I'm going to get dance lessons. Oh my gosh, I, I love that. 
I, I wish I could take dance lessons with you. It was oh actually, I no did. No one's coming in that room for at least six months, I can tell you. I, I said, did. I'm not joining a group. I won't do it. <laughs> Solo. They're going to go, oh, okay, right. <laughs> I did competitive easy. dance when I was younger. You and I did. And it was one of the things I got made fun of for. But why and didn't I, you do it again? I know. Such I need exercise to. and it's. I know. Do it. Do yeah. it together. We'll, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> we'll do like Zoom dance classes together. I bet you they have that somewhere. They might, but I'm not doing anything on, You're on not gonna... camera for a long time. Um, because I won't even join a group because I won't, I won't move in front of it and I would just go like this. But it's, it's again, it's finding the things that you're interested in. And before you became, you know, you was someone else because you wanted that I I wanted to hang around with the super cool people yeah and they all were at the pub so I knew mm-hmm. I had to do that and it, it's saying I want to see who I am now right and that's that's exciting isn't it that's, it is that's how you meet your real friends as well because they're I think so genuinely interested in the same things and people who you know. get to know the real you yeah, that's when the connection's really made. I mean, that's probably why there's people that are falling out of my life because they're like, don't recognize me anymore because I'm not putting on this persona and being who they needed me to be for them. I'm not doing well, exactly. that. Anymore. I mean, if you buy a, a strawberry donut and you open it up and there's the chocolate chip cookie inside, you're going to go, oh, I don't want that. So if yeah. we keep pretending to be someone yeah. else, we can't be upset when people don't like the real us because we've not been behaving but if we can right. just go out and be us all the time we'll attract the people that like the chocolate chip cookies and that's that's a really weird thing I don't know why that popped into my head I but, like it though you yeah. know that's yeah. that's the way you find your other people because mm-hmm. putting on a mask you're only going to attract people who like the mask not not what's underneath and you can't have real friendships and I think that's one of the problems with relationships isn't it that if you stop drinking and you are very different unless you are very close and, and they know all about you yeah have time to establish it and they understand that it can be quite difficult because mm-hmm. you change you change quite a lot mm-hmm. um but it's again it's, it's just the so we could chat for hours about the differences couldn't we and, and we the positives, all positives yeah well, do you have any final thoughts? Our hours about up. You know, I just think that any life would be better without alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's really as simple as that. It is. And all the all the things that you're worried about, they're positives. They're not actually negatives because humans aren't meant to be slowly drip feeding this poison into their body when you get rid of it you you then start to live and I, and I really do believe that I have stunted my brain and my life has been stuck back at the age of late teens mm-hmm. and it's only now that I'm going to properly develop who I am because alcohol really was that effective it really didn't take that much away from me and no one would have guessed it by looking at me or talking to me they would have thought this is someone who's got it all together she knows what she's doing she's confident she's happy and I was but it wasn't all real and now I can feel everything vastly different compared to the changes that I thought it would be but it's just life is is so much better in every single way and I think I said the other day the only negative is that my breasts have shrunk but that's because I've Mine lost so much weight because I've lost weight so Me actually too. I'll take it I'll take that that's fine yeah whatever they were you know, getting so in the way anyway exactly exactly I had I had excess so you know literally that's the only negative that I can come up with so far and even that I'm not that bothered about yeah and that's, you know, if that's someone who has loved drinking and has drunk so much all of her life can say, and, and every social event was drinking, if I've done it and I say hand on heart, life is better in every way, it's got to be worth trying, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because if you find out that life is awful when you quit alcohol, you can go back to it. But sure. I've never heard anyone do that. Yes, for if sure. If you ever just want to chat, 
without recording it, just let yeah. me know. As I said, I've got my little cave here. So if you ever just think I'm bored, maybe maybe I'll see if Kate fancies a Zoom chat. Please do. Oh, I love it. I will. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, Steph. See you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss future episodes. And just so you know, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you and in the sober community. It's an easy way to do your part in normalizing a sober lifestyle. Because I truly believe that nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And that being said, feel free to reach out to me or anyone on the sober Instagram community. Check out my show notes for my Instagram handle at this is Steph Sober. My DMs are always open.